Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. The topic? Using others to stop her pain. Our happiness is not a present someone else holds in his or her hands. Our well-being is not held by another to be given or withheld at whim. If we reach out and try to force someone to give us what we believe he or she holds, we will be disappointed. We will discover that it is an illusion. The person didn't hold it, he or she never shall. That beautifully wrapped box with the ribbon on it that we believe contained our happiness that someone was holding, it's an illusion. In those moments when we are trying to reach out and force someone to stop our pain and create our joy, if we can find the courage to stop flailing about and instead stand still and deal with our issues, we will find our happiness. And I'm seeing that more and more, um, you know, just about literally standing still. You know, pause, you know, wait for the, an intuitive thought to occur. You know, we'll be surprised at how you know, effective this is. And I, I think trauma can show up in a, a lot of forms. You know, you know, in my case, it can be in fearful avoidant and workaholic and a lot of like adrenalizing. And, you know, I, I look at my posture there. It's like usually two feet aren't on the ground, you know, my uh, and yet if I could just straighten my back just a little bit and just pause and stand still. I feel like I get an intuitive thought. Back to the reading. Yes, it is true that if someone steps on her foot, he or she is hurting us and therefore holds the power to stop her pain by removing his or her foot. But the pain is still ours, and so is the responsibility to tell someone to stop stepping on our feet. Healing will come when we're aware of how we attempt to use others to stop our pain and create our happiness. Codependency. We will heal from the past. We will receive insights that can change the course of our relationships. We will see that all along our happiness and our well-being have been in our hands. We have held that box. The contents are ours for the opening. God help me remember that I hold my key to my own happiness. Give me the courage to stand still and deal with my own feelings. Give me the insights I need to improve my relationships. Help me stop doing the codependent dance and start doing the dance of recovery. That's kind of funny, the dance of recovery. I just uh, came across, uh, thanks to my coach, Harriet Lerner, who's written the book Dance of Anger. And, uh, you know, I remember Tony Robbins saying, don't run away from the fear, dance with the fear. And just, you know, the codependency dance is not, is not the dance that I want to participate in. Back to the reading. The next reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, the topic, giving. Learning to be a healthy giver can be a challenge. Many of us got caught up in compulsive giving, charitable acts motivated by uncharitable feelings of guilt, shame, obligations, obligations is one, pity, and moral superiority. We now understand that catering and compulsive giving don't work. They backfire. Caretaking keeps us feeling victimized. That's a powerful... Many of us gave too much, thinking we were doing things right. Then we became confused because our life and relationships weren't working. Many of us gave so much for so long, thinking we were doing God's will. Then in recovery, we refused to give care or love for a time. That's okay. Perhaps we needed a rest. But healthy giving is part of healthy living. The goal in recovery is balance. Caring that is motivated by a true desire to give with an underlying attitude of respect for others and ourselves. 
The goal in recovery is to choose what we want to give, to whom, when, and how much. The goal in recovery is to give and not feel victimized by our giving. Are we giving because we want to? Because it's our responsibility? Or are we giving because we feel obligated, guilty, ashamed, or superior? Are we giving because we feel afraid to say no? Are the ways we try to assist people helpful? Or do they prevent others from facing their true responsibilities? Are we giving so that people will like us or feel obligated to us? This is in high school, letting people cheat off my math test, for example. Are we giving to prove we're worthy? Or are we giving because we want to give and it feels right? Recovery includes a cycle of giving and receiving. It keeps healthy energy flowing among our higher power, others, and us. It takes time to learn how to give in healthy ways. It takes time to learn to receive. Be patient. Balance will come. God, please guide my giving and my motives today. And now we move on to ACA Strengthening My Recovery, the topic, emotional pain. Our experience reveals that there is value in emotional pain. With support and with gentleness, we can find our healthy pain and its healing release just as we reclaimed our tears. Recovery brought us many realizations. We came to understand that to protect ourselves during childhood, we had to shut down. This didn't happen for just one event or one day. We had to put a clamp on ourselves for years, sometimes decades. Our reactions to pain were normal under the circumstances. Just as our bodies protected us by recoiling from a hot stove, they protected us another way. When we received the maximum limit of emotional pain tolerable, our bodies distanced us from the pain, healthy recoil. We were most likely unaware of the shutdown. Over the years, so many moments, hours and days were lost, and eventually we lost ourselves. We may have even wondered, how does a normal person feel stuff? Yeah, and also like how, you know, just the notion of you using a feeling to govern what, you know, even in, in some recovery circles, you're told to ignore your feelings, but feelings are really a guide. And feeling, you know, I remember at Hoffman Process, I, I made that, and I'll reclaim that, is to feel it, all of it, you know, feel the anger, the sadness, the happiness, the joy. Uh, it's a much better alternative than feeling the numbness. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the dance of recovery versus the codependent dance, which feels like the more fun game, which feels more human. Back to the reading. In recovery, as we begin to uncover the pain, we sometimes feel overcome with an indistinguishable number of emotions. We might think something is wrong or something bad is happening, but we are told by those we trust in ACA that getting in touch with their healthy pain is a good thing. Thank goodness we have our meetings. We sit together like children who have all escaped a fire. There's comfort in going through this together. We recover our pain by talking about it to others. Grief work, a great way to heal. On this day, I embrace my healthy pain, remembering that I have a lot to release and process. I feel myself gradually being, becoming healed. And the final reading also comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery and something ACAs unfortunately know too well, the topic, hypervigilance. Most ACA members have had some form of PTSD. You know, I forget sometimes the gifts of recovery and the gifts of truth. You know, I, I have a friend, he says, he thinks about truth and expansion at all costs. And that's, you know, again, the kind of big game that I want to use. Most ACA members have some form of PTSD, which is often expressed in our hypervigilance of our surroundings or acute monitoring of comments or actions of others. 
This behavior is a carryover from growing up on guard much of the time. In recovery, many of us became very aware of how we feel strong emotional and physical triggers by certain things, and we don't always know why. Through our discovery process, we find the underlying trauma that causes this state of hypervigilance. The strong, deep emotions that surface may overwhelm us like a raging sea. You know, I think for me, the goal between now and the end of the week, or end of the week, end of the year, is to look into things like EMDR, NLP, things that can, you know, get to where the hypervigilance began and slowly let them go. You know, and sometimes hypervigilance can just be looking to be offended by a statement just as a form of self-protection. Everything, you know, a big job, I think, for recovering ACA is to forgive themselves. I think I heard it from Bessel van der Kolk, forgive themselves for everything that they had to do to survive out of trauma. Through our, back to the rain. Through our discovery process, we find the underlying trauma that causes this state of hypervigilance. The strong, deep emotions that surface may overwhelm us like a raging sea. To soothe ourselves, we learn to lie under warm blankets, drink hot tea, and take long baths. Warm blankets. We activate our inner loving parent, doing whatever it takes to honor our hurt inner child. Our motto has become, I will take care of me first. And I'm claiming it here, particularly in the workplace, the types of roles and jobs that I take. Back to the reading. We dialogue with the wounded parts of ourselves that need love. At first, our inner child may seem to scream with rage. Where were you all these years? How do I know you wouldn't abandon me like everyone else? But we have courage to listen to this wounded part, no matter what the cost. We let go of abusive relationships and rearrange our lives to give ourselves more space for healing. We know we are worth it. On this day, I put myself first. When I'm in a PTSD tunnel, I will not minimize it to look good for others while I'm suffering inside. And that concludes today's readings of, a, of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kuan Saluja reminding myself to pause, because that's where God is, to feel my feelings, and to be still and know. And I'll add one more. Don't just do something. Sit there or lie down.